Blog Talk Radio. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Green Magic, Green Medicine with your host, Ms. Susan Weed. And we'll be right back. Remember, our show is on every Tuesday evening at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be right back after this brief interlude. Blessed are we in the awakening dawn. Blessed are we in the morning. Green Medicine with your host, Miss Susan Weed, and I see she's in the queue. I'm going to go ahead and bring her on. Welcome, Susan. Green blessings. How are you this evening, Daniel? I am doing well. Been working a lot, but I'm hanging in there, working out in this freezing cold weather. <laughs> <laughs> where Where are you? What is the temperature where you are? Well, I am in Northern Virginia, and it'll be colder tomorrow. It's been in like the 20s, basically, and that's how it was today. In fact, our vehicle got stuck on a hill. It wasn't that much snow, but it was like enough to be icy and just a bit of a mess. And But that's, you know, winter, and we deal with it, as we do. Yes. Yeah. That's winter. And it's been... A long time coming this year too. Finally got here. I was worried that we weren't that we weren't actually going to get any winter. It was remaining so unseasonably warm for such a long time. But here it is, and it's January, and about time, isn't it, to have some winter weather? Hurrah! However, as much as I love the winter weather, I am about to go off to Costa Rica. Oh, to yes, to our first wellness adventure. We're fully subscribed with eight people coming on a wonderful wellness adventure in Costa Rica with me. And so I won't be here to do this show next week or the week after. Okay. So I will be back calling you on the 27th. I'm telling my secretary now. 
Back in two weeks. Back in two weeks. <laughs> it'll, it'll actually yes, one, two. It'll actually be the third week from now that I'm back. But it can be a little confusing to conceptualize it. Um, and and I was truthfully just a little bit annoyed that it's like. And so you couldn't give me like some winter weather when I was here and wanted the winter weather. You're going to wait until I'm leaving to give me the winter weather that I love because I really do enjoy the snow and the cold and the weather. It's part of the reason why I live in the Northeast because to me there's something so invigorating about the um, the way nature is when it gets cold. very magical, very magical time. It is interesting to me as well. Yeah. So we've been talking about trees for the past few weeks. We started out talking not just about trees, but about a system called ogum, which predates runes and predates the alphabet, but is somewhat related both to alphabets and to hieroglyphics. And the fact that in the runes, as they have come down to us, and we don't have any, shall we call them, native speakers of it, even though it's actually spoken, it's more written uh, thing. So we have to make some guesses. But we do know that there were lists of things attached to the various ogum, and that one of those lists was a list of trees. And I called that the trees of the 13 moons. And we talked about why there's 13 moons. Because we, although we know that there's four weeks in a month, and we don't stop and say 12 months times 4, 48, hmm, but there's 52 weeks. So there's actually 13 lunations every year. And that's why there's... 13 trees, and we're going to spend some time going through these, looking at these trees. Now, one of the things that I didn't specifically mention, but that I suspect is already obvious to some of you, is that the trees of the Ogham are not trees that have been chosen um, for reasons that we would specifically understand, and they're all European trees. So if we were to sit down, and some people have, if we were to sit down and say, hmm, if I was doing this with American trees, what trees would I choose? Well, that list would very likely be different. So I certainly don't want anyone to think, that I'm saying that these are the best trees or that these are the only medicinal trees, neither one of those things would be at all true. What we're looking at is, to me, a very interesting system that has come down from a very, very long time ago. And trying to see, um, you know, what, what was their interest and these particular trees, and should I be interested in these trees? And we started with Beth, the birch 
Betula. And we talked about how literally life-saving birch can be, how antiseptic it is, and how containers to store food for the wintertime were made from birch and still are because they preserve food so well. So again, this life-saving ability, as well as the the general <laughs> idea about birch is that birch begins things. And of course, lots of medicinal uses for birch. And then we went on to the next tree, which is the mountain ash tree, which is, of course, different from the ash tree, which is the tree that we're going to be looking at today. Beth Louis Neon. Beth the birch. Louis the mountain ash. It's also known as the Rowan tree. And Neon the ash tree. Fraxinus is the botanical name. Fraxinus. And the, the ash that is most generally used here is Fraxinus americana, but also Fraxinus excelsior. And I love that. It's like excelsior. Here's the ash tree. Ash first really came into my life through some interesting, maybe funny, possibly kind of sad jobs that I had. At one period of time, and I don't know if this is still true, if you could identify a certain number of wetland species, including certain ash trees growing on your property, then you could get a tax exemption because you had a wetlands. And if you could show that land that somebody was intending to develop had a certain number of these wetland species on it, then you could actually block the development because New York State was doing its best to protect its wetlands. And so for a period of about five years, I got a number of jobs where people would hire me to come out and help them identify these plants on their land, both to protect their land and to stop development. And that's when I first got an inkling that there was something extraordinary about the ash. Now, I also have another personal story about the ash. And that has more to do with my own emotional life and some pretty heavy stuff that came down in my emotional life. And I was crying on my mom's shoulder. And she said to me, well, being like the palm trees down here in Florida, when the wind blows, they bend over. And then when the wind stops blowing, they just stand up again. Well, I didn't want to say anything to her. But I've been in Florida, and I noticed that a lot of those palm trees don't stand back up again when the wind stops blowing. So that did not appeal to me. 
as to what kind of tree I would be. But the concept of getting myself through this very difficult, grief-stricken time, of having a tree as a guardian or companion or helper, very, very appealing to me. I thought, yes, I want to do that. Not, you know, not the palm tree, because um, palm trees don't grow here. But, but let me walk around and look and see if there are other trees that I would like to take on as my role model. And, of course, one of the first trees that I thought of was ash. Uh, I'm sorry, it was oak tree. And many of us think of oak trees. We we know the oak trees, and we think of them, rightly so, as very strong and sturdy trees. And I have um, a really uh, magnificent oak tree very near my house, a tree that um, estimated was um, already a fair-sized tree at the signing of the Declaration of Independence, an extremely old oak tree. And so I went and I sat under the oak tree. And I said, would you be a role model for me in getting through all of this really heavy, difficult stuff that's going down in my life? And I sat there. And when I opened my eyes, what I first saw was several limbs of the oak tree laying about on the ground. And as I did a little research, I learned, and we're going to come back to oak, that oak is not very flexible. And it tends to break rather than bend. And I said, well, that just can't be me. Because I am going to be broken by what's going on here unless I somehow can learn to bend. So I'm going to say goodbye to you, lovely oak tree, and I'm going to go in search of something more bendable. And that was, and many people, perhaps yourself included, know that baseball bats are made of ash. Did you know that? Um, yes, actually, I, um, ash. There's also another, I thought there was another one they make baseball bats out of too, but yeah, I think I remember hearing that at some point. Yeah. And baseball bats are made of ash because ash is so flexible. Yeah. It's the only, like, imagine a baseball bat made of oak. And you'd hit the ball with the bat, and the bat would be in splinters. Mm-hmm. Because the, although the oak is very tough, and it's great for a lot of things, we'll talk more about those things uh, when we get to oak, it's not flexible. It can't take a hit and come back from it. And that's exactly what was happening to me in my life. I was taking a major hit. The entire direction I thought my life was going in came to an abrupt and not by my choosing end. And I was looking right off the edge of the cliff. And not only that, but it didn't just happen in a a non-judgmental way, but I was being told that I was a terrible person. So really taking major, major hits, psychically, emotionally. Um, And the ash tree said, I can take it. I can take the hits. I'm the one that can do that. I have this incredible, flexible strength. And you know, if you go out and you sit under an oak tree, one of the things you're going to notice is that the oak tree throws out branches 
that is like a person standing with their arms stretched out and their fingertips pointed away from them. Um, and often we would hang a swing from an oak branch because there's these long lateral branches, not the ash. The ash tree has branches that go up, and they, as the tree grows, they fall off, fall off, fall off, so that you have this long, straight trunk in the ash tree with hardly any branches at all. And the ash can grow very rapidly, and it grows quite tall, and it gets up above the other trees. The oak likes to form kind of a, a canopy, right? And so the oak grows out and down as well as up. And the ash just seems to go up, 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 up. Ash is considered to be the lightning rod. If you don't want to get stuck, struck by lightning, sit under an ash. Far enough away from it so you're not actually touching it because the ash will get struck by the lightning. Hmm. And not you. And I was in a situation where we were sheltering under an oak tree in a very powerful storm, and the oak tree got hit by lightning. And if you walk around in the woods and look, you'll see lots of lightning-hit oaks. So, interesting. Boy, did you see us run when that oak was hit. We were like, whoa! Like chickens <laughs> scurrying out from under the shelter of that tree. And we were actually doing a class on the trees of the 13 moons. That's why we were there, under the oak tree. And we were in a cemetery, because that's where all 13 trees were. Uh, so, so, was, uh, so I'm sure, that, you know, if it had been during a time of cell phones, that someone could have gotten quite the interesting, strange picture of Susan and her class running through this pelting rain in a cemetery. The Ash tree, neon, is said to be about the watery connection between the mother and the child. When we were talking about birch, we talked about the conception, the beginning, the hidden part the starting something off and keeping it quiet. And then when we were in mountain ash, and we talked about the far seeing and how now our idea, our gestation, is large enough that others are starting to see that something is going on with us. And that when we get to ash, this is the birth, the tree of the bia, whatever it is, that watery gush. And neon if we read you know, in the newspaper about a woman who's getting married, her maiden name, her, her prior name, will be given after the word N-E-E, knee. So again, we have that same sound, that same connection, knee on knee, that which connects you to your family of origin. Sailors would carry a piece of ash wood because they believed that the ocean would recognize the ash wood and would treat the sailor as a child and cradle and hold the sailor and bring the sailor to safety rather than drowning the sailor. Hmm. Now, we're not talking about a big enough piece of ashwood to float. We're talking about a little slice of ashwood in your pocket here. So, 
Right. A Certainly charm. this is something, yeah, that we're going to have to say is more of a charm, right, than an actual thing. But I love that that image of the ash with the rain and the ocean and the lightning. And one of the um, very interesting things that happened when I was forming my publishing company was that I asked a dear friend, now deceased, um, who is also my guardian angel, and but she still does that even though she's deceased, um, what I should call my publishing company. And she said, well, let me, let me, you know, give me a couple of days and I'll get back, call back. And she said, it's something like um, Ashenwood. And I said, oh, ash tree. At this point, I'd already, you know, had the ash tree as my ally. And I thought, well, of course, ash tree. And that is indeed my publishing company's ash tree publishing. And that's part of the story behind why I chose Ashtree as my publishing company name. Ash is the wood that is considered the king's wood, or the queen's wood, if you will. But it is the wood of the royalty. And it's the, the wood of the royalty because ash is one of the few woods that will actually give off heat if it's burned without being seasoned first. So if we were to go out and do some trees, which I consider an act that takes more consciousness than giving death to a farm animal, we could burn the ash immediately, but the oak has to be seasoned. As a matter of fact, because the weather's been rather mild and warm, we've just been leaving the covers off the piles of oak that we have so that they season more. The more the oak seasons, the better that it is, and the more heat you get out of it. But the ash produces heat, and it's said to produce as much heat green as seasoned. What an amazing, amazing firewood. I'm sad to say that I have a lot of ash to burn this year because I live in an epicenter of the emerald ash borer invasion. This is a beetle, we believe, from China, and it is ripping through the ash trees in the northeast part of the United States. There is hardly an ash tree left alive on my 55 acres, into the woods. Wow. And, they, they, yeah, they're kind of cute. They actually look like lightning bugs. Hmm. Um, and leave little round holes as they emerge from the ash. And you see the map, like Woodstock, is the red-hot center of the ash borer invasion. So it, it's this, this, oh, you know, I love the ash tree, and all around me are dead ash trees. And I'm so, like, stunned. Who would have ever thought? There was an ash tree out in the forest, and it was an ash tree um, near a cliff that I like to sit on the top of. And I would 
sit on the top of this cliff. I've lived on this land since 1978, so it's been quite a long while, over 30 years now, over 35 years. And I'd sit on the top of this cliff and, you know, kind of have that feeling that you do on a cliff of like, ah, I'm above it all, I'm flying, it's okay, you know, the petty annoyances and griefs and pains of life. Um, I'm above them, (laughs) sitting on my cliff here. Right, and there was this small ash tree. And over these decades that I've been here, this ash tree grew. And it grew so that I was looking right at the top of it. And then it grew so that it was over my head. And then it grew and grew and grew. And because it was by this cliff, and it was open because it was by the cliff, this ash tree really reached up for the sky in the way that the ash trees do. And four years ago, the electric company, which maintains a small power line through my woods, cut down this ash tree. And I cried. I couldn't believe. There was no reason. They, as far as I was concerned, they did not have to cut down this ash tree. It wasn't that close to the, to the power lines. And the ash trees don't throw down branches like oaks do onto power lines. Uh, but there it was, laying on the ground, and it was the very next year that the emerald ash borer appeared here. And it's one of those things where you look back at your pain and your loss, and you say, and yet you have this intact ash tree. Because it was cut down, it was in a way safe. Mm. It's yeah. laying there. I sit on it now. Sometimes I sit on the cliff, and sometimes I come down to the foot of the cliff and sit on the ash tree. And it's probably the only ash tree in my forest that was down on the ground and so wasn't attacked by the emerald ash borer. What an odd thing, huh? Yeah. Almost like... Seem like the mother ash tree was taken down, and and um, a barrier was <laughs> lifted, and attack on all the other little ash trees happened, or something. It's almost something, it seems like yeah, way you know? yeah, right. It was just like wow, <laughs> how you know how does this connect, and and what what is going on? There's a lot more to be said about ash. And I purposely um, thought that it would be wonderful to have this bridge, this bridge over the weeks that I won't be here. And I am definitely going to be calling in on January 27th, and we will pick up and we will talk about the practical uses of ash. We will talk about the medicinal uses of ash. We will talk about the magical uses of ash. And for... Tonight, I wanted to end what we're talking about tonight with this wonderful poem that someone wrote after taking the Trees of the Thirteen Moons class. I am a woman born of a woman, a continuity. Join hands with me. I am a woman of magic and dream-filled mystery. Spin spells with me. I am a woman of water, a song upon the sea. Come, dance with me.
I am ash, tree of life, water tree. Rejoice with me. Yeah, she did a nice job of it. Uh, several poems that students have written that we'll get to hear as we move through the trees of the 13 moons here. Thank you so much for uh, throwing open uh, the doors of Main Street to magic and mystery and, and the herbs and uh, letting me have a forum for reminding people that herbal medicine is people's medicine. And thanks so much for linking to the Wise Woman Bookshop and um, if you haven't checked out my e-zine, you might like that. You can find that at wisewomanmentor.com. It's a free weekly e-zine. And this week's e-zine, believe it or not, before the snow fell, I went out and picked a salad. And you can see what I picked this week's e-zine. And my 2015 schedule is also part of this week's e-zine. So if you want to find out what I'm planning to do this year and what I'm eating, go to wisewomanmentor.com. And if you want to get my books or sign up for anything, that's at wisewomanbookshop.com. And thanks to you and green blessings to you, Daniel Michael. All right, green blessings. And have a great time in Costa Rica the next day, too. I'll tell you all about it when I get back. All right, great. I remember, everybody, I actually said the link is right down on the show page in the description area uh, below where you see the rotating couple pictures and things like that and maybe just above the chat room. So thanks, everybody. Had a few more people in the chat room than normal. That's uh, nice to see and a familiar name in there. So anyway, have a great evening, everyone. You've been listening to Free Medicine with your host, Susan Weed. We'll be back live in two weeks. Three weeks. You'll be gone for two Three weeks. Three weeks. You went through this Three one. Three weeks. Two weeks gone, then the third well, week the I'll third. be back. January 27th. <laughs> I had my secretary ready. <laughs> okay. Ing me, actually. So uh, the 27th. But All we right. will be playing reruns. So it's very informative half hour, so we'll be playing some good reruns. So still tune in at the same time because something will still be going on here. Join oh, us. Oh, good. I'll, I'll remind everybody from my end, too, that something will still be going on. Sure, and I'll send Ali, uh, I'll send your... You're a gal, um, a link and everything. Wonderful. That's great. Okay. All right. Good night. Green blessings. Bye-bye, everybody. Forbidden archaeology. Forgotten history. Divination. Magic. Cryptozoology. UFOs. Nature. Science. And spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Blessed are we in the awakening dawn. Blessed are we in the morning. Blessed are we in the light of the day as we As we slip into dreams
archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network.